WDBM East Lansing. The Impact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. tuned into Exposure, Michigan State student-run news program here on Impact 89FM. I'm your host, Daniel Razel. We'll start off the show tonight with four ladies from Spartan Body Pride as we discuss body image and mental health. From there, we'll go to Danielle Duggan and her feature on our obsession with apps, along with a, a little discussion about a new CATA bus tracking app. We'll then go to Quinn Hoffman as he interviews a new student activist group, the National Student Activist Party. From there, we'll go to Impact reporter Mike Brichta with his feature on college hacks, and we'll close off the show with our fourth installment with ASMSU as we talk with four members from Freshman Class Council. But first, here is your weekly Impact update. Now it's time for an update from Impact News. Exposure will continue in just a moment, but first, here's your weekly Impact update. Authorities in Mississippi and the FBI are trying to determine whether an African-American man found hanging from a tree in Caliborn County committed suicide or was a victim of a brutal homicide. Police believe that the man found is Otis Byrd, a convicted murderer out of prison on parole last seen March 2nd. But an autopsy is being performed to confirm the identity and cause of death. The FBI has opened a preliminary civil rights investigation focusing on whether Bird's race may have played a role in his death, but his family was unaware of the threats made against him. Now we go to our international reporter, Nina Rao. Last Tuesday, Benjamin Netanyahu won re-election as Israel's prime minister. Though his campaign promoted a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the international community took note on Election Day when Netanyahu warned Israeli voters that Arab voters are going to the polls in droves and announced later that day that a Palestinian state would not be allowed under his rule. In an interview with the Huffington Post, President Obama declined comment on whether the U.S. would continue to block Palestinian effort to secure statehood. With your international news, I'm Nina Rao. Now we go to our local reporter, Michaela Harris, with the recent gas leak at MSU. On Wednesday, students and faculty received emergency alerts regarding a natural gas leak located near the Cyclotron building and its surrounding area. According to MSU police, they responded to the Cyclotron construction site shortly before 1.30 p.m. Wednesday afternoon to investigate the leak. A construction worker at the site accidentally struck a main gas line while drilling for a support structure. For the purpose of safety, the surrounding areas were evacuated and roads were closed. The East Lansing Fire Department monitored the air quality to ensure that nearby buildings did not need evacuation. Later in the afternoon, the gas leak had been repaired and the surrounding areas were deemed safe to occupy. Keeping you updated on local news, I'm Michaela Harris. Now we go to Impact reporter Danielle Duggan. Rock band We the Kings performed a free concert at the Wharton Center Great Hall, located on Michigan State's campus, Sunday, March 22nd. 
Public tickets were $10, while MSU students received two tickets to the show with their student IDs. The performance was made possible by the University Activity Board. UAB is an undergraduate student program that accepts students weekly and allows these students to volunteer at campus-wide events. With your entertainment news, I'm Danielle Duggan. This has been your weekly impact update. I've been your anchor, Brandon Jones, and now back to exposure. We'll start off the show tonight with my interview with four ladies from Spartan Body Pride as we discuss uh, the past eating disorder week as well as some upcoming events done by the group. You're tuned into Exposure here on Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Dana Rizal, and I'm here today with four members of Spartan Body Pride. How about we start with the introductions? We can start uh, over here with uh, you, Sage. Okay. Um, my name is Sage Goss. I'm the president of Spartan Body Pride. I've been part of Spartan Body Pride since last year when I transferred here from University of Pittsburgh, um, and last year I was the event coordinator. Hi, I'm Nina Shah. I am the treasurer of Spartan Body Pride. Um, I just joined Spartan Body Pride this semester. Hi, I'm Andrea Kelly. I'm a freshman social work major, and I am one of the event coordinators for Spartan Body Pride, and I joined this semester as well. Hi, my name is Rachel Brown. I'm the public relations chair, and I also just joined this fall, and I'm a nutrition major. All right. Now, uh, for our listeners out there who aren't familiar, what is Spartan Body Pride, and how did it first get started? Well, Spartan Body Pride actually has been an organization since the mid-90s. Um, we operate out of Student Health Services, so we're a Student Health Services-affiliated group. Um, it used to be called Ruby back in the 1990s, um, and basically the, the, um, the kind of the mission has always been the same, just to promote positive body image and diversification of beauty across campus, and then just um, exposing the myths about eating disorders and the prevalence of it and what kind of causes those things, and trying to change um, campus culture to make it more friendly towards positive body image. So, and our, our um, advisor is the registered nutritionist here at MSU. So we do a lot of work with Olin Health Center. Sure, and uh, I, I guess uh, on that note, uh, what are some of the collaborations that you do with uh, some of the other groups here on campus? Um, well, we, um, we work with the Women's Center on campus. There aren't really that many... Um, active groups on campus, unfortunately. There's ones that are kind of tied into um, university-type stuff like the Women's Center, and we work with UAB and ASMSU, and then RHA we work with a lot, too, um, to try to do stuff in the dorms and with um, residential um, hall students, things like that. So, But we usually do a lot of the events on our own. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I, I first learned about uh, Spartan Body Pride when I was uh, upstairs, actually, right in the Holden Cafeteria. Yeah. I believe it was uh, last week, Tuesday, um, I walked in and they had a bowl of like uh, Twix bars, Twix or Snickers, <laughs> you know, you know, some fantastic candy bar. And uh, on the back, I had like a little advert there for uh, Spartan Body Pride. And so, what, what's what's that campaign about? Um, that's called Trouble Free Twix or Trouble Free Tuesdays, and it's saying like take a break with Twix. So, um, a lot of people are so worried and caught up in like the calories and how many carbs are in this. So it's kind of just saying, like, you know, it's okay to eat a Twix. It's okay to have junk food once in a while and not worry about it at all and just enjoy it um, and not, like, worry about gaining weight from it or that kind of thing. So should I expect to see candy bars every Tuesday now? Like, <laughs> no. Should I be, no, should I be a helpful? <laughs> that was actually part of the event, one of the events we put on for Eating Disorders Week, which is um, the last week of February. We did a couple events throughout the week, and that was one of them. Sure. And what else did you do for uh, Eating Disorder Week? Um, we showed a documentary one night. We had a yoga night. 
And we um, also had a night where, like, the nutritionist came in and did a little talk. So a couple of different events throughout the week. Yearly, we do the Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Um, each We've done this every year for a few few years now. And then um, the we had an event that basically, like, the new event with our nutritionist that, uh, that Andrea talked about was, it was about intuitive eating, kind of like listening to your body and eating. And we also had the Inner Dora Center, which is the center out of Royal Oak, which um, specializes in eating disorder treatment. And that's who ran our yoga session this year. And they do it every year for us. So... That's one of the things we put on every year is Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And we you would see those Twix only once a year. So oh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed them. I was hopeful, too. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs tomorrow and grab myself a Twix. But, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so on that note, uh, outside of uh, MSU, do you work with the greater East Lansing area? Or is this more focused on just the students here at Michigan State? Um, well, it's more focused on students here at Michigan State, but we do, we do. Um, last year we did a talk at um, Wyandotte Public Schools, at Wyandotte Community Schools, and we talked with middle schoolers there about body image and, like, um, just kind of talked with them about, like, diversification of beauty and, like, how you can't trust everything the media tells you, things like that. And we really want to do a volunteer project out in the East Lansing community um, this year also, but we mostly just work with MSU students. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, outside of uh, eating disorder uh, awareness week that you that uh, you brought up, um, what other initiatives are are being put in place by Spartan Body Pride? Um, well, I have some events that we're doing soon. So we um, basically the eating disorder was a week was our biggest event of this semester, but we're doing an event with um, UAB on Friday. It's called Celebrate You. It's at um, on March twenty seventh from eight thirty to eleven thirty. It's open to everybody, and we're doing. We're just going to be having an information booth there, and there's yoga, things like that. Um, and then we're actually going to have our own um, final study day event, which is going to be at the end of this year on April 27th on Monday. And there'll be pizza and pop, and you'll be able to chill out and just um, learn more about Spartan Body Pride. And we're also opening up our e-board event on April 12th um, for everybody, which is a Sunday. It's going to be at 630 um, so basically for the rest of the year, we're just mo- working on um, gaining membership, tr- trying to um, get ready for next year, and then just expanding our message a little bit more and then just offering a good place to chill out and study before mm-hmm. finals week. Um, now, uh, back to the, the e-board meeting. Mm-hmm. So what, what's kind of, uh, I, I guess, the I guess itinerary is kind of the word I'm looking for. Like what, what can people expect from going to the, the e-board meeting? Well, that's basically trying to get um, people engaged for next year so we can start the year off really well. Um, and basically, we're just going to be talking about going over our, what our message is, what the events we want to do for next year are, um, the kind of fundings we're going to be looking at for next year, which is usually ASMSU funding and RHA funding is what we depend on usually. And then we don't really do much fundraising. Um, so we're just going to pretty much talk about what e-word positions we have open. We only have one open right now, but we can add as many people as we want. Um, and then just kind of going over what is Spartan Body, Body Pride's image. Like, what do we, when we say, like, intuitive eating, what is that? It's really, it's kind of confusing. Like, I mean, we had to have a whole event discussing what that is. So just learning more about the message, I'd say. And also um, possibly adding on to that to do, like, go across campus and chalk, writing positive messages to people or um, sticky noting at some of the meetings where you just take sticky notes and write positive messages and put them around campus. Mm-hmm. Kind of spread that. Um, ASMSU is uh, doing Mental Health Awareness Week, I believe, second week of April. Um, would you guys be working with that at all? 
we're not working with that currently because they, I mean, they're putting on that. For Eating Disorder Week, we did give out a lot of the um, information about the counseling center here, the nutritionist that's available here to talk about eating disorders um, and other sorts of things like that. But we're not working with them for that week now. Sure. We just got funding for them for this for this year for Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. So they were able to help us put on that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for uh, students out there that are listening right now, uh, how can they get involved with Spartan Body Pride? Well, the best way to get communication with us would be to follow us on social media. Um, we are Spartan Body Pride on Facebook and Instagram and MSU Body Pride on Twitter. We have the same Gmail, SpartanBodyPride at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So anybody can send an email or just like message us on Facebook to get information about it. Mm-hmm. So are you, uh, are you, I guess, constantly accepting new members or is it more of like an election process or... Um, we're constantly accepting new members. You can usually come to our e-board meetings, which are held most Sundays in the union. Mm-hmm. At 6.30, yep. Okay. Um, so I guess back on top of uh, the upcoming events that we were just discussing, uh, this Friday we have the Celebrating You event. Yeah, so that's put on by um, UAB. It's going to be in the International Center, and they'll have, um, they're going to have yoga there. They're going to have massages there. It's kind of just like celebrating your body and, like, all the things it can do. Um, and we'll have an informational booth there, and we'll be giving away, giving away T-shirts and doing some, like, myth-busting about body image and eating disorders, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll just be one of the many groups that are going to be there for this event. Sure. Uh, now, that was actually all I have for, for you today, but was there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about? We're planning on painting the rock, actually. We're going to do that sometime in April. Sure. We're still logistically figuring that out, but we really want to paint the rock sometime. We haven't done that before. Mm. Um, and we're, I mean, pretty much we're just looking for more members to start off because, you know, the more members that we can have, the more positivity we can spread on campus mm-hmm. and love for bodies. And again, what was the, the social media sites? Um, on Twitter, it is MSU Body Pride. And on Facebook and Instagram, it is Spartan Body Pride. Come on out and uh, spread by the body positivity with us we'd love to have you all right well thank you for coming in today spartan body pride we now go to impact reporter danielle duggan with her feature on apps and our our obsession with them and also a little discussion about a new cata bus tracking app it's no new or riveting news that there are few souls who aren't completely reliant on their cell phones It doesn't take a genius to glance around wherever they are and spot too many faces peering into screens to count on one hand. But whether or not this is a problem society should be cured of or a leap of societal progress is up for debate. Regardless of if you approve of the world's technology addiction, you can't deny that cell phones give access to valuable resources, especially the applications that they provide. According to one of the world's largest statistics portals, Statista, In July 2014, Android users were able to choose between 1.3 million apps, while Apple users could choose from a selection of 1.2 million. With that massive of a library to choose from, many phone users hardly made a dent in exploring the apps that they have access to. Though a large number of these apps are mindless games, a decent percentage have valuable purposes that drastically increase the efficiency of tasks or make them easier and more enjoyable to do. Um, well, I use an app called Sleep Cycle, and it, like, helps, uh, it's basically like an alarm, and it 
um, you like put it on the side of your bed and it records like how you move during the night and then it chooses how to like wake you up in the morning. So it has like a time interval that wakes you up from like 30 minutes to like 10 minutes before like your alarm is supposed to go off and it like it's a lot nicer than just like having like a blaring um, alarm go off. Sleeping apps range from the one previously mentioned, which tracks sleeping patterns in order to create a fitting alarm clock for users, to white noise apps that help drown out noise and allow for better sleep. Some use apps more for increasing task efficiency and not having to look for information anywhere other than their phone, and others use them to save money and find discounts. I use the Hooked app and it like gives you like everyday deals. You get like a percentage off of the food you're buying and that just helps I'm on a student budget and I have very little money and it's nice to be able to go eat out when I can. Well, I use like the news app, which like, well, I'm from Denver, so I use the Denver Post and like it just gives me like what's going on in the daily news and I like to hear what's going on back home. So I guess that's the most useful app I use. While others use apps for more simple purposes. I use the clock app every day to wake me up for school. With many useful apps in existence and used daily on Michigan State's campus, one could conclude that there's an app to solve just about any problem in East Lansing. Though this is almost completely true, one of the largest and most consistent problems on campus is the slow CATA service in the winter. And before you ask, yes, there could be an app for that. MSU sophomores Ryan Smith and Bryn Williams are on a mission to make sure this app gets to your phone. From um, discussions we've had with independent app developers and exactly you know how this would work and what exactly it would look like in comparison to um, other real-time mobile transit applications that exist, is you would be able to see where exactly um, your bus is um, in comparison to where you are. How long is it going to take for it to get there? How many people are on that bus potentially? Um, is your bus going to be full? Are there detours um, that you should be aware of for the route that you want to take? Um, any announcements that have been going on? Um, really everything and anything that you could think of that want to be part of um, riding experience of um, public transportation would be a part of that. So it's really all-encompassing in a lot of different aspects, everything that you would be concerned about. We're trying to allow for the development of an app here um, in East Lansing. And CATA has been working hand-in-hand -hand for months to try to get these, this app produced. And it would be through a third-party application. And the reason we're here with ASMSU is to kind of mediate that discussion and let CATA know our concerns about the efficiency and about the weather and safety outside. So our goal here is not to produce the app. Our goal here is to allow for an open dialogue regarding the creation of an app. The pair got involved due to this app's major success in almost every major city in the country. They hope to bring East Lansing up to date. So um, having a real-time transit application is something that um, a lot of students, as well as ASMSU, has been interested in for some time now. It's something that most um, big modern cities have, and um, most, if not all, the universities in the Big Ten University also have um, that provides um, a lot in means of safety for students that is starting to become really an essential um, basic part of campus life in big cities. Um, so it's been something we've been interested in for a couple of years and coming into uh, the Office of Special Projects is something that we've decided to continue going as a worthwhile initiative. But the thought that this app would drastically increase CATA efficiency isn't one that the guys came up with themselves. They've done their homework on the number of students that would be interested and are speaking on behalf of the student body. ASMSU gets its directives from its constituents and our constituents have been heard loud and clear 
we conducted a survey last spring on the entire student body and got a about 2,300 responses on that survey. And the overwhelming uh, majority of students said they wanted a mobile application in order to make their transit from wherever they may live, whether it be the dorms or the apartments or a house. They want that to be easy and efficient. They don't want to be standing out in the cold, not knowing when a bus is going to be there because they're waiting on this predictive analysis of a text messaging service that CATA has in place right now. So it's not, it's not our personal opinion that we're bringing to the table here. Our job here is to voice the concerns of students across the university. And, and I mean, there are 50,000 of us here. And I think that CATA needs to understand that that is a large constituency to have. And it, our, the concerns of the students are the concerns of the community. Um, it's really as simple as that. If you're interested in assisting these two in getting this app to your phone, they recommend sending letters to CATA and voicing your opinion. The biggest thing students can do to help this is, you know, be active. And things don't happen with us sitting around in tacit complacency, you know, being okay with what we have now, even though a survey result says 6% of students are okay with this text messaging service. And that's with a 99% confidence, 2% margin of error. And it's, if students really do want this, you know, it's going to have to be a comprehensive effort on behalf of the student body and the Lansing, East Lansing community to voice our concerns about what we want from our public transit system, given that it is a public-private enterprise. And I think um, some of the best ways for students to be voicing those concerns is to be sending emails to um, their officers, um, their vice presidents and president over at ASMSU, to be sending emails um, or letters to CATA themselves, as well as um, sending tweets to hashtag WTFMSU what to fix MSU, um, which are all, it becomes very visible um, for an industry, for an operation like CATA uh, to really see in front of them, as well as telling um, your bus drivers too, those messages go to CATA and they hear about those um, direct messages for what's going on. So um, just students, um, I think we've had a really good amount of students um, tweeting to hashtag WTFMSU and the more, the more we can be put in front of them that this is a real issue that people are concerned about, uh, the easier it is and the more likely it is that this will be happening. CATA does care. It's not like they're not caring about this. They just don't know what the people want because the people aren't telling them. And so that's what we're kind of trying to do here. Whether it be a beneficial app that could save you hours weekly from waiting at the bus stop or apps that involve running around a temple or taking various quizzes, these are valuable sources of information and can solve nearly any problem. Yes, there is an app for that. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. We now have Quinn Hoffman and his interview with the new student activist group here on campus, the National Student Activist Party, as they discuss uh, tuition demands. You are listening to Exposure on the Impact 89FM. Right now, we're sitting down here with a, a group here uh, that are talking about some activism about student debt. Can you guys uh, all introduce yourselves? Okay. Well, my name is Ryan Boudreau. I am the president and the co-founder of the National Student Activist Party, or NSEP, and we're basically here just to, you know, promote the idea that student debt is way too high for us. Um, you know, school is basically a necessity, just like water for us nowadays. You know, we can't survive without actually going to school. You know, if you don't go to college nowadays, you can't get a good job. You can't really take care of yourself, let alone take care of your family. So we're trying to promote we're basically trying to uh, get you guys to understand that it's way too high and we're trying to get it down. We need the community's opinion so we can actually like formulate stuff that formulate actions that we can actually take and take it to take it to the capital, you know. So 
We're just here for you guys. Awesome. My name <clears throat> My name is Calvin Sheridan. I'm the co-founder and vice president of National Student Activist Party, or NSAP, as uh, Mr. Boudreaux said. And basically, like we, he said, we're here to talk about the cost of pride, which basically is just some demonstrations and a follow-up uh, roundtable discussion about college tuition and, and why the average cost of debt is so high nowadays. Uh, my name is Clint Notice. I'm a member of the National Student Activist Party. And like they said, basically, we just want to talk about, you know, the continual increase of student uh, uh, student tuition, you know, and how ways to bring it down and how to, you know, combat that. So, Awesome. So uh, I think it's my understanding that, you know, obviously we're pre-recording this right now, but as this airs, uh, Tuesday at 7, this is when an action is taking place, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. We're having our first general meeting at 7 o'clock. In the main library, third floor, room 308F. Everybody is welcome to come if you feel so. Awesome. And what's this action about? Well, basically, it's about following up today's demonstrations that we had in the Cavs, you know. And today we were just, we had robes on, gowns, graduation gowns. And we also had signs that read, high tuition, no fruition, which basically is just a little motto we came up with for the cost of pride, which means, like, we're paying all of this tuition, but we aren't even promised the fruits of our labor anymore. You know, it's not guaranteed you're going to get a job after college, so tuition definitely shouldn't be so high. And with the different type of loans, I know some you have to pay back immediately, so we definitely shouldn't have to pay that back immediately when we are um, after we graduate, you know. So those are some of the things that we focus on. So tomorrow is going to be the wrap-up session, basically discussing and just having a roundtable and getting everyone's opinions and coming up with solutions to how we can lower that debt. Awesome. So what uh, what what about right now is, I mean, obviously all students kind of feel this kind of uh, debt kind of building up. Everyone's, it's getting kind of worse and worse. Um Right now, do you think there's a it's, it's a good time for this? Do you think this is uh, maybe an opportunity for a lot of students? Oh, this is an excellent time because um, I believe it was on the Wall Street Journal. The class of 2014 for college students was actually went on record for the um, for the class that was most in debt after they graduated. You know, so I believe that if we don't take a stand now, it's going to get too bad to the point where people are going to be turned off by actually going to college. You know, people will probably want to take the easier route, but, you know, somebody like me, I wouldn't I wouldn't care regardless. I would still go to college, you know. Even though my future isn't promised, I can make it happen myself. So just because it isn't promised doesn't mean it's going to deter me from doing it. Yeah. And I believe that everybody should have that opinion. Yeah, if I could add on to that, you know, I feel like college is essential, you know what I'm saying, because knowledge is the one thing that can't nobody take away from you, you know, after you have, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, for you to be – Taxing people at this, you know, how, how people getting taxed for college is unfair. And now is the time for all of us to come together and make a change because, you know, all the students are aware. And we and once everybody get aware, we can come together and actually make moves to lower it. And that's really what NSAP is all about, you know what I'm saying, us coming together as a, you know, a whole. So. Is that how you guys see this kind of um, this dream realized about getting our tuitions all lowered? Uh you know, is it all about coming together? Can we accomplish it with that? Yeah, really, if you think about the sense of community on campus, it's high, but only if you look at certain regards. When you look at the African-American population, 
they might hang out with the African-American population and so on and so on when you look throughout the demographic. But if we get all those demographics to join as one united demographic with a set list of demands that we will not we will not attend the university, we will shut down class, we will do whatever it takes to make sure these le- demands are met, then that's when you start to see social change. So it's all about gathering people and developing a voice. And once we have that voice, I feel like we will see social change. All right. Okay, so you mentioned some demands. Mm-hmm. Um, are what uh, You just mentioned shutting down yeah. classes, those kinds of things. Is that, you know, how what what kind of ways are you looking to make this change happen? What, what kind of actions? Well, we're not even sure yet because the main purpose of our meeting tomorrow is for the community to come together and, you know, give their own, like, opinions on what what should we do so we can actually compile a list, like Calvin said, so we'll actually be able to take action. So we'll be precise in what we're doing instead of just being scattered all over the place trying to do one thing and trying to handle the next, et cetera, et cetera. While everybody, if everybody comes together, you know, we can all, we can all defeat this machine. That's one. So how do you guys see it happening? What do, what do, what do you think is our best chance at lowering tuition well honestly i think personally you will have to first like i said gather a student body you know you will have to come up with an alternate plan yourself because you can't go to someone and say well tuition is too high we want you guys to work out a legislation to make it lower that's not going to happen so i think we first will have to figure out that plan ourselves come together do the research, look at ways that the money is being spent, cut things that are unnecessary to us as students. I think feel like we know better what is unnecessary in the budget. So cut those things, a lot more money to places where more money needs to be allotted, and then maybe we will see those tuition weights lower. That's that's my plan, personally. I feel like we also need like a list of demands. Like We got to come together. Like As far as this, just the MSU campus or just the whole Lansing, you feel me? Because... It's not just MSU into the thing, you know what I'm saying? It's LCC. It's everybody who is in school. We got to come together. We a small piece of the puzzle, but once we all get working together, we can form a bigger, you know what I'm saying? Because once everybody come together, we make up the whole pie. So it's not just about this or that, you know what I'm saying? It's the whole puzzle. So we got to start in one spot and then work it up. I think it was um, maybe last year or maybe two years ago when Canada had a big um, protest mm-hmm. uh, about tuition exactly. and i think they did reach a point where they froze tuition rates from from uh raising for a couple years mm-hmm. um which was considered a pretty big victory for the students do you think that kind of victory could be achieved here uh seeing that this is a capitalist society that uh that we live in in america i believe that it can be achieved but it's going to be extremely hard because people make money off of other people going to school and if if it's one thing, you know, money is the thing that, that turns the world, you know. Nothing can function without money. Nobody wants to do anything without getting paid for it. Everybody wants money, you know. So in this country, it's going to be something hard for us to combat, but I really think that it's possible. And I, anything is possible. I also think it's important to shift our focus back to developing education instead of developing profit off of education and I think that's the big difference where we see a lot of these problems in tuition or just miscellaneous costs that we because the student debt that's what we also want to talk about the student debt is not just tuition it's not just room and board it's not just paying for your meal plan when you have to pod parking pass that's part of your student debt 
when you have to buy a bus pass every semester and where you know that's part of your student debt so whatever you have to whatever you have to accumulate over time while being a student whatever money you have to spend out of your pocket that's part of your student debt so i feel like we really just need to tackle that in the essence so we are Obviously, we're pre-recording this right now, but um, it's going to be airing uh, Tuesday at 7. Uh, what do you guys have to say uh, to people who are listening? What are you going to be doing, and when and where are you going to be doing it, and how can they help? All right, well, we're having a meeting basically discussing about you know the overall uh, student debt and how to bring it down. Uh, the meeting is at 7 o'clock. You know, 7 o'clock in the main library, room 308. So we want y'all to come through and voice y'all opinion. It's really important to us on where to stand and where we can start at to hear, you know, what the campus or how the campus feels about it and, you know, basically get y'all opinions on it and ways y'all feel like we can combat it. We're really going to have a big brainstorm. We want y'all to come through and basically just, you know, kick it with us. You know what I'm saying? So Honestly, it's like it's not on nothing. It's like business. We want you guys to come and feel comfortable and be able to talk to us like we're having a normal conversation, like we're at the calf just eating, you know. So I don't want anybody to feel like this is, you know, like business oriented. Like we're a family. <clears throat> we are a family. Our initial meeting started off in the hookah lounge. You know, we had to we had to eventually move to the library because we started getting more, you know, concrete things that we needed to get done with the actual computer and whatnot. You know, we can't really do that in the hookah lounge. So. I really want to get back to that so everybody will feel more so like welcome. It'll be a nice environment, nice atmosphere. People actually want to come out regardless of what we're talking about today. You know, you just like the atmosphere. Just come through. You can listen, you know. So our future, um, our future plans, we have a program. We have a program called SCAN and it's called um, Students Killing Ignorant Notions. And Calvin, the vice president, came up with that himself. And basically it's like, well, I'll let him explain it for you. I'll let him explain it to you. Well, lot, well basically, if you guys have ever had any type of racial encounter, racial injustice, or just social injustice that you feel was wrong based on your creed, color, ethnicity, or race, then we're basically going to put these skin boxes all around campus. We're working with the CDs right now to get all the clearance and everything ready, but we're going to have these skin boxes up where you can deposit your... Racial encounter, and then basically every Tuesday we're going to have these roundtable discussions, not only to talk about these cards that we're going to receive, but to talk about ways where we can combat and make sure that these instances don't happen again and talk about solutions so that they never happen again, you know? I feel like that's important because one of the main causes of, you know, of like that, of the whole racism thing is, is the ignorance of, I feel like if we just, you know, sit down and talk to each other, you know, we find a lot in common with each other and we find things, you know, that's, that form bonds stronger than just race or just skin. And, you know, that's the whole reason why we have it. You know, we got to come to kill the ignorant notions and uh, ignorant stereotypes. And we come together and we talk, we find out that we're more alike than what we thought, in the, you know, in the beginning. So exactly. That's why that's important. So. One of these skin boxes, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what time could we, like, uh, what time in the near future could we possibly see these? You guys can start seeing these around campus within the next week, the next two weeks. You're going to see a flyer. It's going to say skin. It's going to say NSAP, National Student Activist Party. And you can just deposit your stories. That's We really just want to get to know all the campus. 
I would personally like to meet every member of campus myself, but we know that that's not possible with the thousands and thousands of people who go here. So these stories give us a chance to kind of peek into each other's lives, let's put it like that. Right. The university uh, says that we're supposed to be a family, but we certainly don't act like one. So I really feel as if that this will bring the campus together more so, and we'll actually be able to act as a whole, you know, as Spartans, not as, you know, uh, Joe, Sally, and Bob. You know what I mean? We're Spartans. I understand that um, Americans are individualistic because we focus on ourselves. We focus on our uh, on our own successes, but it still it takes a village to raise a child. Right. And you're still someone's child, regardless of how old you are. So I really feel as if if we was to come together as a campus, we would come out as more rounded, more well-rounded students, you know. All right, guys, we're just about out of time. But if uh, people are interested in either the student tuition uh, protests and actions or the skin project, uh, where can they go? Who can they talk to? Well, they can send us an email at National Student Activist Party at gmail.com. Or they can personally contact Calvin Sheridan or Ryan Boudreaux around campus. Um, my email address is B-O-U-D-R-E-27 at msu.edu. Uh, you can also tweet us at NSAP, N-S-A-P-M-S-U. Um, we also have a Tumblr page just coming soon that will be able to, like, uh, centralize all of our information, all of our media, all of our plans. So it'll be easier for you guys to access. Uh, that's currently in the works right now, so it'll be up soon. And... That's about it. Like us on Facebook, National Student Activist Party. And yeah, you know, just coming out and just kicking with us. You know, meetings on Tuesdays, you know, um, 6 o'clock, just come out. 7, Seven o'clock, just come out and just kick it with us. You know, we, we real cool. It don't matter, you know, where you from, you know, what you got going on, just come out and kick it. We want to hear everybody's story. We want to talk to everybody because we all people, you know, and that's really what we trying to get down to because at the end of the day, we all people and we all want to be treated like people. So, you know. Awesome. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you so much. much. We now go to Impact reporter Mike Brichta with his feature on college hacks and all the unusual and interesting and intuitive things that he's found around campus. The internet is full of crazy trends. One such trend, which has been around for a while, is called life hacks. A life hack is essentially a quick tip or trick for doing an everyday task more easily or efficiently. For example, using binder clips on the end of a desk to organize computer cords, or dipping Oreos on a fork to avoid getting your fingers in the milk. Life hacks are generally pretty silly, sometimes they are actually useful, and other times they're not at all. However, what I found most interesting is that when you look at life hacks in a different context, say college for instance, the results can tend to be different. I eat a lot, so I have a lot of groceries, and it's cold outside, so I can't really carry them in all at once, until I use my keg tub to load it up and carry them all in. That was Michigan State junior Pat Brom talking about his life hack. College students can be intuitive when coming up with solutions, however these life hacks tend to be of a different nature. This is usually because college students are often surviving on limited means and have to find new ways to deal with the transition of living away from their first home. Because of this, 
The life hacks of a college student are born out of necessity and a lack of resources. This kind of life hack can be referred to as a college hack. I also talked to a few other friends of mine, Annie Grove and Olivia Sanchez Del Pozo, who are freshmen at MSU, to find out some more examples of the impromptu solutions people can come up with when college life throws them a curveball. One night, I needed to brush my hair, and I didn't have a brush, so I used a fork. That's just like it. Ariel! Woo! So, when in doubt, a fork is the way out. And did you find that this was a useful tool for combing your hair? Oh, it was very useful. Like, beyond belief. You had no idea. Like, normally, I have, like, curly hair, so, you know, it takes forever for me to just brush it, but it's... It was so simple. It was like, it, my hair was so smooth. <laughs> so this is a method you would recommend other people to use if they do not have a comb on hand or a brush handy. Yes, use a fork. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so Olivia, what was your college hack? Well, once I forgot my laundry basket, so I decided to use my coat, and I placed all of my clothing in my coat, and I carried it up the stairs. Did it work? Absolutely. As you can see, college hacks can be simple, silly, and sometimes effective. Whether it's eating cereal out of a measuring cup or duct taping the heel of a shoe back on, college hacks can get you out of many tricky situations, or at the very least, provide a good story. I recently found myself in a conundrum when I had to open a can, and I realized I had no can opener. The college hack solution? I used the wedged end of a hammer to smash it open, of course. And I have to say, the results were not disappointing. For Impact Exposure, I'm Mike Brickta. Close off the show tonight with our fourth installment with ASMSU as I met up with four old friends of mine from Freshman Class Council. You're tuned into Exposure here on Impact 89 FM. This is Daniel Rizal, and I'm here today with some representatives from the Freshman Class Council. How about we start around with uh, you, Jack, and we'll go around with an introduction from everyone. Hi, my name is Jack Riley. I'm the president of the Freshman Class Council here at Michigan State University. Hi, my name is Chichun Banugo. I'm the membership enrichment chair for Freshman Class Council. Hello, my name is Landon Fortenberry. I'm the vice president of internal affairs. And I'm Nick. I'm the chairman of the outreach committee. All right, great. So four of you are all from uh, the Associated Students of Michigan State University. Now, what does ASMSU do? here for uh, Michigan State students. Basically, ASMSU is the student government for Michigan State University. Um, the things that they do vary from planning events for the students to uh, raising money for, um, I guess, supplies or eye clickers. Um, and they have a whole bunch of other things that you can check out on their website, which is asmsu.msu.edu. Um, All right, now, what is Freshman Class Council? I guess, what, what are the, the class councils uh, in general? I think that um, the class councils are a really good way for the class to get involved in the government as opposed to just the general assembly. We really focus mainly on our class so we can do things specifically for freshmen and it's by freshmen too. So we're hosting events and we have hosted events in the past where we've really been able to you know, get people together and really, um, really show that uh, you know, we care and that people are doing stuff for the freshman class here, and, we, and we're all trying to um, get everybody to work here cohesively. Sure. Now, uh, what does what does FCC provide for the students or for the, the community? What's kind of their impact? 
We offer a lot of services to the students of MSU. Uh, for example, we offer blue books, um, eye clicker rentals. We also offer legal help. So, for example, if you were to get an MIP or some other legal violation, we can give you legal help to help fight that MIP or whatever ticket that you got and maybe even get it removed from your record. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Chicha, you mentioned that you are part of a membership enrichment. So what's mm -hmm. that role uh, do as part of FCC? Basically, my job is to help get at um, ASMSU FCC more together as a whole. I get um, class council like activities where we go and volunteer like for example we did take it to the streets last semester where we went to the Beckman Writing Center and we just cleaned up moved branches you know just helped out the community and we also planned events where we went to dinners together we had we're planning a little shindig hopefully soon where we can all just like meet up at like an apartment or someone's house and just like hang out and just make like our job, my job is more just to have everyone like become a family, mm -hmm. not not just like a council, but to make freshman class council like somewhere where, you know, you have friends that you can go to and just hang out with. Sure. Now, uh, what what has FCC done, I guess, over the course of uh, this past semester now as we cross over midway in the second semester? What, what has been accomplished over at FCC this year? Well, in the past, we have hosted a tailgate. Um, I recall. I recall. You recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, uh, just a moment now, but uh, for our listeners out there, I was uh, on FCC uh, last semester, and uh, I mean, fortunately, I got too caught up in my work here at Impact, but I remember the, yeah. the, the faded tailgate that we had. The faded tailgate. <laughs> it didn't go according to plan, but, you know, our our total goal was to, you know, engage with the students and to promote our awareness, to promote our services to, to the students. Mm -hmm. And we've also uh, gave out hot chocolate at um, one of the basketball games. And that event went fairly well, much better than the tailgate event. <laughs> I'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would say that was pretty successful. We got our name out there, which was our goal. Mm -hmm. We're also great. doing a, a March Madness bracket actually right now for MSU freshmen. Um, anyone could have uh, entered the bracket as long as they had the password, which was Go Green 2018. And the winner of the bracket gets an Amazon gift card, and and all these um, old, like prizes are going to get distributed at the event that we're planning right now called Battle of the Late Nights, which is happening later this April. Sure. And uh, so what is uh, Battle of the Late Nights for our listeners who aren't familiar? All right, so Battle of the Late Nights is an event that we're coming up on April 8th um, from 7 to 9 p.m. It'll be held at uh, Jenison Hall, our Jenison Fieldhouse. It's where the volleyball team plays. And basically, uh, we're bringing in a lot of uh, local restaurants in the East Lansing area, such as Conrad's, Insomnia Cookies, um, I don't know, all, like pretty much all the ones that you see there on Grand River mainly. And they're going to bring free food for students to sample and try. At the end of the night, after they tried all the food, they're going to be able to vote for which one's their favorite, and then that restaurant is going to be able to put a plaque up in their store saying that they are the best late night food option in East Lansing. Wow. And uh, so beyond that, uh, what else are you planning for uh, the end of the semester here? Well, there's some speculation of a hand on the van event, but well, hand on the rock. More yeah, like. hand on the rock event. <laughs> we don't have a van, but yeah. yeah. So basically, um, if we end up doing that event, well, we'll have to discuss that further. But um, basically, we're going to um, bring a whole bunch of members or not members, just like people from mainly the freshman class and 
they're going to try to put their hand on the, the rock there on Farm Lane, and whoever has their hand in there for the longest will win some sort of prize, which is yet to be determined. Yeah, we'd really like to um, accomplish any event or goal that anybody from the freshman class would like to tell us. You know, we'd really like to get ideas that people want to hear and uh, want to accomplish, and we'd love to actually do that for them. And so if, if, like, anybody wants to, you know, give us a suggestion or give us an idea, we'd love if they could find the representative that's close to them and they could and they could tell us so we could bring it up to the class council. Yeah. And that's what FCC really is all about. It's not about just what our group of 15 to 20 kids want. It's what the whole freshman class want. All how many thousands of us are there there are in campus. And that's why we have our office hours. We're located throughout every single neighborhood at the major um, CAFs. I know East is in Acres, and then there's another office hours right at the bottom of the stairs at Brody Square. There's also one in North and in South. And we're there. We're answering questions. So if you ever feel like coming by just asking us hey what does fcc even do or what do you like or if you have something that you want us to do like we'll always be willing to listen because we're it's not just what we want we're like the mess i see fcc as more like a messenger to get Mm -hmm. the message out about what everyone on campus wants and also Mm -hmm. if you can't find us in person uh we have facebook page which is uh msu fcc Uh, you can search on facebook um, as well as a Twitter account, which is um, at MSU underscore FCC. Um, or you can email us at uh, MSU FCC 2018 at, um, at gmail.com. Sure. Now, uh, coming up in the next few weeks, I believe you have uh, uh, the ASMSU elections are coming in, correct? So how can students get involved with ASMSU? If you're uh, interested in joining, uh, I guess running for any position on ASMSU, or if you're interested in joining a freshman class or a, a class council, not freshman year, but any other year, um, you can go into the ASMSU website and print out a packet. Um, I believe you have to sign a petition. To, um, you have to have your peers uh, I guess sign sign you off saying that, yeah, yeah, you'd be a good representative. And then you'll be placed on the ballot. Um, and the ballot will be released online, which you'll have links to it all over Facebook. Um, you'll definitely see it mm-hmm. during the week, which is that week of April 8th. And um, you can vote for who you want to be representing your school or your class um, with that. Uh, you can actually do that also at our Battle of the Late Nights event. We're going to be there with iPads, so you can vote um, then if you're there. Unfortunately, though, um, the election ballot deadline has already been reached because you can turn you had to turn in your packet by March 18th. But I already talked to one of the board members for General ASMSU, and she told me that if you really are interested in joining ASMSU and you missed out on the spring election day, we will be having fall elections, and more information will be put up on the website. So if you really are interested in joining sophomore class council or junior class council or junior senior class council, or maybe you know someone coming in next year that wants to be a part of freshman class council, just make sure that you just stay in tune. Always check asmsu.msu.edu slash elections, and that's where you'll find all the latest information about elections for all the class councils. Great. So let's go around now, and I guess share what, what does FCC mean to you? For our listeners out there, I guess why should they why should they care about FCC? Why is it important to the students out there? Um, well, let's start with you, Nick. You've been kind of quiet. You know, I think that if you really think that you don't have a voice, you know, here at MSU, 
then you can talk to your class council, and that's your way to talk to ASMSU as a whole. So the class councils and the General Assembly. And there's lots of people working for you, you know, to make your student life better there at the ASMSU office. So I feel like we can be that voice that you can get up there and, you know, you don't have to figure out who's who. Like, we can we can get there and we can get your voice expressed. So mm-hmm. that's why I really like Freshman Class Council and all the class councils, actually. So mm-hmm. that's what it means to me. Well, FCC to me has two purposes. The first and primary purpose is to um, be a representation of the student body. And the second uh, purpose is to um, cultivate a social environment that enables students to network with their peers and to interact with one another and to become more familiar with their um, their fellow students. And so that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that ASMSU FCC means not only leadership, but it also means friendship. While it is a great way to get leadership experience that you can put on any resume or whenever you're applying for something, you could say, oh, well, I was on class council. That shows I'm great with leadership and working with others. But it's just more than that. It's going and knowing that at the end of the day, you still have a group of 20 people that you can call your friends. Like, I know personally that I think that every member of freshman class council is someone that I wouldn't mind hanging out with on the weekend or, like, going to lunch with. Like, I've hung out with people from freshman class council before. I feel like it's a great way to get to know people. It's a great way to make friends. It's a great way to find people that have your similar interests and... A lot of people think that, oh, well, it's just for James Madison kids or it's just for kids that are just going to pre-law or something in the political sciences area, but it's completely not. Like, I'm a biomedical laboratory sciences major with a French minor. Freshman class council is not to help me get any type of job. It's literally just for the fun of it. It's a great thing to do. I think anyone that is interested in just getting to know like really cool people that are outside of their major. Like I'm a Lyman Briggs major. I'm always in Holmes Hall. I'm always in that area. So I never really get to see a lot of people outside of East Neighborhood. But doing FCC from the beginning of the year, it gave me a reason to go out and explore campus and meet new people and like see people that I probably never would have met. Like I know I probably would never have met Jack or Landon or Nick because all of them live in South or just <laughs> basically pretty much just not East because not that many like political science majors live in East, but it's like I'm really glad that I met all of them. Mm. So that's what FCC means to me. Now, sorry for making you last because you know, he had all this great stuff said. Now here you are. Oh no, it's actually <laughs> fine. I kind of like echo um, all they said, all of them said, but um, especially Chichi here. Uh, the social aspect of freshman class council has been the number one best part about it for me, at least. I come from out of state. I come from New York. And coming to school here, I knew absolutely nobody. Um, within the first week or two, I think, when we had our first FCC meeting, I had to know all these people from all over campus, which was different for me as a business major. Um, I'm in the residential business program, so I don't meet or see people really outside of that program very much at all. Um, so I got to meet these 20 people that come from all over the place, different majors. They come from different skill sets. Um, Basically, I have no business meeting these people, being friends with them, but FCC is giving me the opportunity to create that relationship that I 
I cherish now, I guess. Fantastic. Well, thank you for all coming in today, but I've got just two more questions left. I feel like I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of you, you know, in a, a few months now. So I, 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 the question that's burning inside of me right now is who do you have winning your bracket? For March Madness. <laughs> I've, I've got to know. Uh, oh, Michigan State, of course. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, we're the Spartans. Let's go. Uh, I'm sorry you guys, to you know, go against I don't even want to talk about brackets right now because mine is dead. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. You and me both. That's why you guys got to pick the, uh, the school that you go to. You got to be loyal. Come on, guys. Well, you see, I did have us beating the, the, um, the round we just won. Virginia, and we're in the yeah. Sweet 16, but we'll see where we go from there, yeah. honestly. I hate to go against my school, but I had to go with the Blue Devils, you know. I had to go with Duke. Uh, man, I'm, I'm getting the face of a disappointment over here. Sorry yeah, to disappoint disappointed. you, Jack, It's like he's bleeding the green with, and white. I had to I'm go a little disappointed Duke. there, but that's all right. I mean, I bleed green, but sometimes you have to admit when some oh, basketball team be is honest. better than the <laughs> I, yeah, I went with my heart, not my head. But, hey, it's working out so far, so. Uh, what about you, Landon? Well, personally, I don't keep up with a lot of the sports. I think it's very time-consuming. Sure. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> no, see, I just guys, don't have the time to I'll, do it. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I just went through with a, with a quarter, and uh, uh, that's how I chose my <laughs> I yeah, slipped yeah. a coin. And, uh, <laughs> so I think I had, I had Oregon winning for my champion, so that died yesterday, and uh, I silently weeped myself to sleep. Don't worry. I mean, my friend on my floor picked her bracket based on what logo she liked the best, so... Mm. It's <laughs> sometimes if you don't choose by your statistics, you could always end up having a better bracket than most. Because for the first like couple days of the tournament that we were having with March Madness, she was in first place until like <laughs> some random team just came out and did an upset. Sure. Yeah. Um. So now to, to wrap things up today, uh, if you were here working at the Impact, hypothetically, you're on air. What's your DJ name? Just on the spot. Well, th think of something something good. Well, hypothetically speaking, if I were hosting this show, I would want my DJ name to be ICJ. <laughs> because I think it's just so... <laughs> it's just, it's just such, wow. a, such a smooth name. Just, I like it. it, it I like icy. It's just... It has connotations of being smooth. Wait, so ICJ. ICJ. Where, where'd the J come from? <laughs> you know, the J is just that additional... Additional just, letters that makes everything so much off. cooler. Yeah, it's just the third but, right. but Landon, your name is L. I C L. It could be I C L. That's better. I C L. I mean, I Jack could Sounds be like I C J. You know, I would more go with more like a. I would kind of embrace who I am. I'd go a little like DJ Ginger. I don't know. Okay. I, you, guys, you know, I have red hair, blue eyes, freckles. I'm a ginger, so I embrace it and I love it. So that's what I would do. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with one of my nicknames in high school. And uh, that's Mac Daddy Bird. It was not. I'm not even gonna explain it. So I, I think you have to explain it now. <laughs> All right. P provided so, it's you know. I mean, his last name is Pigeon. Yeah, my so. last name is Pigeon, and that was pretty cool in high school. So. Okay. Okay. I guess I can feel, I can kind of see where that came from. I'm still a little <laughs> lost. Okay. Now, what about you? Um. Gigi. Well, not to reference any illegal substances, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't do these substances, but. I think a nice play on my name because my name's Chi-Chi and everyone used to call me Cheech, so I'd be Cheech without the chong. <laughs> Look at Landon's face right there. I guess that really, that really sums it up for today. So thank you all for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've had uh, you know, let's, let's all do a nice little sign off here. We'll start over with you, Jack. What, what am I doing? I mean, just uh, yourself, your position, and... Uh, 
a nice right. little goodbye here. All right, uh, one more time. I'm Jack Riley. I'm the president of the Freshman Class Council, and uh, I had a good time talking to you all. Hi, my name is Chi-Chi again. I'm the committee chair for membership enrichment, and it was really fun talking to you guys. Hello, my name is Landon Fortenberry. I'm the vice president of internal affairs, and it was a pleasure to be here with you, Daniel. And again, uh, I'm Nick. Um, I'm the chairman of the outreach committee. Um, I'm glad you had us on, Daniel. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Freshman Class Council. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. All episodes of Exposure can be found online at impact89fm.org, our newly renovated and wonderfully looking website. We also have our Twitter up and running now at impact underscore exposure. Special thanks to our general manager, Ed Glazer, our station manager, Gabriela Saldivia, and our producer, Quinn Hoffman. You've been listening to Exposure, Michigan State's student-run news program here on Impact 89 FM with your host, Daniel Rizal. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure.